here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Today I want to chat about getting off the bench. Getting off the bench. I don't know if you were ever in a sports team or at school and you weren't picked for the side and you had to sit on the, on the side and you had to carry the water bottles maybe and, and, and that's not a nice place, it's not where you want to be. But with God you don't have to be there. With God everyone gets to play, everyone gets to be on the field, everyone gets to participate because Ephesians 4 says that, that we equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's so important but there's a religious lie that says that there's people up front and they do the work of the ministry and you need to keep... Um, keep them in their jobs by giving. And that's not what we are saying. We're wanting to equip you so that we can all go out. And I can't remember who said it yesterday, but someone said, we really understand why you guys are so passionate about sending people out. I said, yes, why? They said, because there's so many people to be one. I said, amen. You know, the harvest is ready. It's been ready for 2,000 years. The word says that you will harvest what you didn't sow. So we're not just there to sow. Yes, we sow the gospel, but people are ready. When we go on outreach, we pray and we say, God, show us who is ready, who is open, who is the person of peace, who is the woman at the well um, that, can, that can receive and that will open up a whole new area of influence for us. Why? Because every number has a name and every name counts. Amen. Every name is a son or a daughter of God. Everyone matters to God. And therefore we go out and we share. And I'll share something personal with you on Friday afternoon, walking on campus. And I was walking around and you're looking at all these people and they're confused and they demokar, and they, are, they don't worry, and they don't care, and they don't want you there. And I just felt God say, this is why you are fighting. And I said, God, what does that mean? And I felt the Holy Spirit says, remember, you're not fighting them. You are fighting for them. And that was profound for me, because they don't know what they don't know. They've been taught lies. They've been blinded by lies. They've been um, sold, sold things that this will make you happy and they're going to try it and they're going to realize it doesn't and then they need somewhere to go. The prodigal son went off and he went to Las Vegas or he went to Amsterdam. Amen. But he came back because the world could not fill him. The world could not help him. The world could not sustain him. So they're looking, but now when they look to God, we need to be there to, to, to answer them. We need to get off the bench and... The harvest really is plentiful, so if you're going to wait for me and eight boot campers to change the world, you're going to wait a long time. But we'll do boot camp again. We're going to do School of the Believer soon, which is uh, the condensed version, the part-time course. And when we advertise that, sign up. We did it on Saturday mornings for 12 weeks last year. Sumi did it, and that's why she did boot camp. So there's, 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 a, there's a mission, there's a world, but really there's an invitation. And the message today is not heavy, it is an invitation. And you can, I, I didn't prep Claudia or Avi, you can ask them, but it fits exactly in with the message. Anyone can do it. And everyone should do it. We get to live this adventure. I'm going to read this to you. It says, every member of the family is valuable and has a part to play in making God's dream come to pass here on earth. Some have, however, fallen through the cracks for various reasons. God's wisdom and ability in us will help us prevent this from happening so that every member can be established and play their part in this mission. Every member can be established. Everyone can play their part. Now, Jesus came on the scene in Mark 1, 
And he comes and he speaks to his, uh, he, he, he chooses disciples. He speaks to Peter and Andrew, his brother. In verse 16, one day Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. See, often God shows up while you're busy with your dailies. We expect it to happen on a Sunday and there's a glory crowd and just after worship, God's going to speak to me. They were fishing. They were just going about. So don't shut off when you leave here today. This is just a celebration. This is our bubble. Amen. This is a nice bubble. I like the bubble. We come into the bubble. We celebrate. We hug. We love. We share. We equip. But now we do that for a reason. We go out. Someone once stood up in the church when we were still in Rhenish and his newborn almost died. And we didn't even know about it. And he celebrated the testimony the week after. And he said, I was equipped to pray for my newborn and he's no longer in ICU. He's alive and well. Because this, he said, this is a workshop. This is a classroom. This is a training center. I was like, amen, that's the best compliment or testimony that we as a church has ever gotten. This is not the best service or the greatest worship. This is, a, this is an equipping center. Because I was equipped to save a life. And now he's got a testimony and now that boy can grow up in a household that loves and knows God. He said to them, come and follow me and I will transform you into men who catch people instead of fish. There's a transformation. You're not going to walk out of here and, and feel different. You're not going to, but there's an obedience. There's a step. There's a, there's a once and a, and a second and a third. I know. I wasn't planning on standing here. My dream chart didn't include pastor. I promise you. There were some other things on that, some worldly things. But God changed me. Last week, Sunday night in Rondebosch, they changed, just shared the gospel. The unadulterated message. He didn't give an altar call. Someone came to him afterwards and says, how do I give my life to God? I've never heard this message. I was like, amen, that's the book of Acts. How can we be saved? Why? Because they've never heard the message. Oh, this message. I'll get all lyrical about this message. This message of God's unconditional love. This message of the finished work. This message of all that He's done for me. All that He's done for me. I spoke to someone yesterday on the outreach. And um, I said to him, do you have a son? He said, yes. I said, will you die for him? He looked at me and he said, it depends. I said, amen. That's the human condition. I said, God didn't depend on you. He gave while you were yet a sinner. I looked at us and he said to me and Sean, ah, this, this is, this is, Sean said, is this too good to be true? He said, yes. I said, amen, we've shared the gospel. You've heard. You know that there's a God and that he gave it all so that you and I could have it all for free. And I don't know about you, but it's too good to keep in. It's been bubbling and bubbling and bubbling. And I realized this week it's been bubbling for, I think, close to 15 years now. It's been bubbling in me. And since 2007, I've been busy with this. And, and I'm not stopping. Actually, I'm gaining momentum. I'm more focused and more passionate about the gospel. Because the more I encounter, when I go to campus, it's a temperature check of the world for me. And it's a motivation and a reminder that we are fighting. But we should never fight them. Because it's not us and them. It's dead and alive. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. We need you in your jobs. 
I go to a job because there's people there who don't go to church. The word never says, world come to church. But Jesus said, church, go into all the world. He said, speak to every creature. (laughs) He wasn't joking. There were some creatures out there. You know why? Because there's darkness, because there's lies, because the darkness has infiltrated people. And when we are without our spirit man, when we are without the God man on the inside of us that's alive, we become like animals. And I'm I'm driving around town and you can see it physically. You can see people washed out, people crying, people lying on the streets, people abusing drugs and abusing relationships, abusing their bodies, abusing each other. They were, we were sworn at yesterday words that I can never repeat. <laughs> but we were told that we could go straight to hell. And, and, and I look at this man who's shouting and blaspheming at us. And I'm like, Lord, forgive him because he don't know what he's doing. He doesn't understand the fact that we are giving up a Saturday to reach out, to be on the ground with homeless people, to share with them the gospel. Yes, they need food and and sometimes we feel led to give. But that's not why we go. Because they have a hunger that is eternal. They have a sickness that is eternal. They have a need that is eternal. And that is what we have. That is what we carry. I mean, I'm not even on my notes, but I'm just going to go for it. God is in love with the world. And if you are convinced about it, then you cannot help but tell others about it. When a lady gets engaged, hopefully the first thing she does is she says, yes. No? Some ladies forget to say yes. And then the guy's like, is this no a yes or is this a no? I was one of them. Natasha was like, just jumped into my arms. I'm like, is it no? Yeah. She, like, she said, yes, of course. I'm like, amen. And then what is the next thing you do? You jump onto your phone. And you start telling people the good news. And the next thing is you get the best angle and you want to get it on Instagram and you want to get it on Facebook and you want to tell the world and you get on every WhatsApp group that you have. Why? Because something good has happened. You and I will not be married in heaven. Why not? Because we are married to the Lamb. We won't be married to each other. Think about that. Tell the world about You see, being on mission is not difficult, but it's contrary. The word says, do not conform to the cultures, the patterns of this world. You can, and you can come back five years from now, and you you can come back five days from now, five weeks from now, five months from now, and you will still not be fulfilled. Because it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I so, I'm telling you this every week, but you're going to have to try it for yourselves. Because it is not something that you believe, it's something that you do. It's something that you experience, it's something that you are passionate about. It is something that you are transformed into. No longer worrying about fishing on a beach, but now you are fishing for men. You are strategic, you are, you are packaging, you are baiting, you are training, you are equipping, and you are not hypocritical. You are in love. Yesterday, we were in town, like I said, and you get people on their lunch break, people who work 13-hour shifts in a kitchen, Uber drivers, 
And when you get them on their lunch break or their dinner break or the, they have a, a late afternoon break before the, the dinner rush, they don't want to spend time with you. They don't want you. They are tired. They're drinking their score. They're smoking their cigarette. And they are just wanting to get through the night. And when you encounter them, they're like, what do you want? That's really, that's the attitude. And you can say, hey, we don't want to be offensive. We're going to leave. But if you love them enough, you will pass the offense. Because what you have to share is so much more. It is living water. It is eternal. And as soon as they get past the fact that you're not so weird and you don't want their money, and, and, and then they actually put down their phone and they say, yes, I'm so tired. Yes, I'm so uh, in need. Yes, and, and, and then obviously there's mothers there and you know that you can pray for their families because they are away from their kids. You see, you don't, you've got prophetic, but you don't need it. <laughs> it's obvious. You can see it on their shoulders, the way that they droop. You can see it in their eyes that there's nothing there. But you can share with them the gospel. This message. That it is done. That it is finished. And I tell them, please, 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 whenever you go to a church and they only want your money, leave. Because God is not wanting anything from you. He wants to give everything to you. Because people have been battered. They've been manipulated. They've been harassed for money. By churches. By religion. And it's messed people up. So we have a lot of fighting to do. But guess what? We got the gospel. That we've got something eternal. We've got something life-giving. God is transforming us. So, what do we need more than your money? We need you to be about your father's business. We need each and every soldier, each and every believer to be about our father's business. And what is our father's business? 1 Timothy 2 verse 3 says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. If you think some people will never get saved because they're not destined to it, then please scratch this verse out of your Bible because my Bible clearly says that God wants all men to be saved. Yes, there's predestination. Every human is predestined to be saved according to this verse. That is predestination if you want to explain it. But everyone doesn't say yes. Everyone doesn't even get the opportunity to say yes. And who are we not to give them that opportunity? Let's get off the bench. Let's start playing this game. Let's start winning souls because the proverb says that they who win souls are wise. God's business is getting people saved, every single one of them. But then there's a second part which we call discipleship because we need to come into the full knowledge of the truth. And that's why you are here today. If you're not saved, you're in the right place. If you're saved, you're still in the right place because we're equipping you in the full knowledge of the truth. And we are growing and we are, we are maturing as believers. So what does God want? God wants you to be saving people. He wants you to be saved and He wants you to grow in the truth. Now how do we do that? John 16, 14 says, He will glorify me on the earth. Who's that? It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is prophesying about the Holy Spirit. He says, He will glorify me on the earth for He will receive from what is mine and He will reveal it to you. How do we grow in the truth? We need revelation. What is Revelation. It's not creation. 
creation is creating something new. Revelation is revealing what has been created. What is already there. There's nothing new under the sun. So from the day the sun was made, God didn't change His plan. There's nothing new since then. Jesus is not plan B. It says He was the, the, the Lamb that was sacrificed from the foundation of the earth. He is the very Word that holds everything together. So how can He be plan B? You are not an afterthought. God didn't send Jesus to Mars. He sent Him to earth. Because this is where we live. Think about it. There's millions and billions of planets. Jesus came here. The one who created it all came to this little blue dot. Why? Because love cannot but give. Love overflows. Love is generous. Love needs somewhere to go. Love needs someone to love. And God is love. So God had a problem. He had so much to give and He didn't know who to give it to. So He created the earth so He could create you. So that He could give His love to you. That's the purpose of why we are here. Not to glorify God. God is glorious. He's, there's so much glory. There won't be a sun in heaven because there won't, His light is there. He doesn't need more glory. He's glory. Okay? God is not insecure. <laughs> He doesn't need a troop of fans and a rent-me crowd to make him feel better and sleep at night because he doesn't sleep at night. Amen? Some of the thoughts we have is crazy because we think like he's this puppeteer that is like egotistic. No, he is love and love gives and he had to give to something or someone and therefore he created you so that he could love you. The world doesn't know that. They think God is this puppeteer or he's somewhere up there or he doesn't even exist. Let's go back two verses. Verse 12 says, you have, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. This is a pivotal verse in your Bible. Because it says, the words of Jesus, it's in red, it says, everything up until now is pointing to this moment, but I cannot explain it to you because of what still needs to happen. This is before the cross. So you cannot read this and say, oh, I can't understand God's will, I can't understand the Bible because He said I can't give you all. No, this was a point in time. There's a date to this statement, but then something happened. He died on a cross, He was resurrected, and then something happened 50 days later, which means that the Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out. And look at verse 13, He says, Albeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. So we are busy with a theme about the Holy Spirit. Now I'm telling you, be about your Father's business. And I'm telling you that you cannot do it without the Spirit. Because whether you're saving people, it needs to be spiritual. Or whether you're growing in the truth and revelation, you need the Spirit of truth that will reveal it to you. We are the most privileged people group in the history of the earth. And I'm not talking about air cons. And cars. The aircon didn't work here this morning, by the way. We, at 8.30, we had a team meeting and we said, are we moving the service next door because the sun is shining? The aircon isn't working. I'm not sure if it's working. I'm so excited. But anyways, that is not what I'm talking about, privilege. I'm talking about privilege because the Holy Spirit's been poured out. We are living in the perfection of God's plan. And for 5,000 years, more or less, depending on how you count, God had a plan and the plan has been fulfilled in the outpouring of the Spirit. And you and I now live in that fullness. God has nothing more to give. Nothing more to give. God didn't even get Paul saved. 
Yes, he encountered Christ, but he did not hear the gospel. And Ananias, in the street called Straight, shared the gospel with him. And things like scales fell off his eyes, and he was transformed. He was religious. He was serving God. He was trying to be a good man. But he was transformed when? When he heard the gospel. Scales fell off his eyes. And what does Isaiah 61 say? You will make the blind see. You will read the Old Testament and you'll see that it's not about Noah, it's not about Jonah, it's not about Abraham even, it's about Abraham's seed. It is about three days in the belly so that there will be three days in a grave so that there will be a revelation, restoration, and a resurrection. Whether Jonah fell in the belly or the mouth was big enough, that's irrelevant. Churches split because of that. It's irrelevant. It is a prophecy, but people are blinded because they haven't turned to Christ. 2 Corinthians 30 or 3 speaks about this. It says, because they, they turn to Moses, the veil is not removed. But when they turn to Christ the Lord, the veil is removed. And now when they read the Old Testament, when they read Moses, the first five books of the Bible, now they read it without the veil. Now you see the deep, the deep meaning. Now you see the plan of God. Now you see the golden thread from Genesis all the way to Malachi. You see it lived out in the Gospels. You see it explained in the Epistles. You see the revelation of the victory. And you see that it makes sense from A to Z. From Genesis to Revelation. And guess what? They won't teach you that at seminary. Don't ask me why. But that doesn't change your life. Knowing the word, you can trust it from A to Z, Alpha, Omega, the Aleph to the Tough. He is the beginning and the end. He is the story of creation. He is the character of the Bible. He is the narrative of your life. I am more convinced of this truth than I've ever been. I am more trusting the word of God because I can see Jesus in every single page. I don't need to explain things. I need to know the gospel. And Paul writes to two churches. He wrote to Colossians. And I wrote to Philippians. And he says. You have been bearing fruit. Since the day you heard the gospel. Not seven years later. Since the day. Because it needs to be simple. It needs to be life giving. It needs to be spirit-filled. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When you encounter people like we do, one of the things you try and gauge is, do you believe in the Bible? Because if they do, you have, you have tools. If they don't, you still have tools, you just don't quote them. Because the fact is, the power doesn't lie in the address of where the verse is. The fact is, the words that you speak, they are spirit and life, whether you quote where they stand or not. The gospel is the power to salvation. Whether you say it stands in Genesis or Romans, doesn't matter. You hit them with the gospel. The full glory of God is not in tithing. It is not in fasting. It is not in buildings. It is in the gospel. And I'll show you if we get to the verse. Let's look for it. There's so much I want to share, but we are running out of time. 
Let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. I'm going to read the ERV, which really makes a point. It says, My dear friends, verse 12, You always obeyed what you were taught, just as you obeyed when I was with you. It is even more important for you to obey now that I am not there. You see, we can't keep watching over... We need to mature. Modern day religious people don't want to leave their sheep. They want to control them. Paul says, hey guys, I need to go. There's a will to save. You got what you need. Go on with it. Obey. Do it. You got it. So you must continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. When I read that last night, it was like a, a punch. Ask yourself this morning, are you living in a way that gives meaning and reason to your salvation? I'm not speaking about fire insurance. I'm speaking is while you are still breathing in this body, are you living a life that gives meaning to your salvation? It's not a heavy, it's an invitation, but it's a good check. Okay? There's some verses, it's uncomfortable. We don't, as a pastor, you, you prep and then you just want to skip about three verses because it's just a bit uncomfortable. So let's just on. And, and, and I felt the Holy Spirit reprimand me, if you will, when I read Romans 14. Because Romans 14 says in verse 12, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. And as grace people, we don't like that. I'm not saying you are not going to be saved and God's going to decide that. That's not it. But you will give an account of what you have done with that little stripe between your birth date and the day that you pass on. And you will be rewarded in heaven based on the account that you give. This is not judgmental. I'd rather say you now than you get there and you say, hey, why did Peter never tell me this? I mean, so when you want to skip over these verses, I felt the Holy Spirit, I said, just tell them, like, it's in the Word, okay? It's Romans, it's grace. It's no use you tell someone afterwards, oh, by the way, that plate was hot. Like, now nah, I see. <laughs> it is grace in telling them the plate is hot, don't touch it. Amen? Verse 13, Philippians 12, or Philippians 2. Yes, it is God who is working in you. So maybe you're standing here and you're like, Yo, this guy is so excited, I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm not there. I'm not there yet, I'll probably never be there. Listen to this, it says, Yes, it is God who is working in you. He helps you want to do what pleases Him, and He gives you the power to do it. The Afrikaans say, I will in werk in you, and I will you om te werk. He changes your will, and then He changes your work. So if you're not there, just hang around. Leka says, yes, she hung around long enough to, to be powerful minister now to Leka. I remember you walking into Durbanville by accident. She was looking for a different church. <laughs> and everything in your life didn't, wasn't fixed. Not at all. But you're living with purpose. You're wanting to get up in the morning. Amen. You see, it's not about the things of this earth. It's about the things of eternity. There's a spiritual reality, and we are invited to step into it. Let's go to Romans 15, and we'll end with it. Romans 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you, with all joy and peace in believing. 
Yesterday, this guy said, I just want my life to change. And Sean and I said, hey, you're going to have to change your belief. He said, yeah, but everything happens for a reason. You came here by a reason. I said, no, we didn't. Because we heard your motorbike wasn't working. And I said, and I made a decision. I said, let's go to the other side of the road and let's come and speak to this guy. We decided that. We could have gone for pizza or McDonald's or anything. We could have stayed at home. So your life will not change if you don't change. But you will only change if you believe change. That is how God transforms you from being a fisher to becoming a fisher of men. Verse 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope of the power or by the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, Romans 14 just before that says the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It means you might be hungry sometimes. No, God is abundance. Yes, He is. Abundantly good. Abundantly gracious. Abundantly giving you His Spirit. But it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Back to 15 says in verse 14, Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. Can I echo the words of Paul to us as a community this morning? I am confident concerning you. I am so confident concerning us. I love what I see when I look at this body. I love when I see the maturity. I love what I see on, on Facebook when people reach out. I love what I see in the week. I love what I see when I encounter with you, when we have conversations. I love the maturity. I love the depth. I love the conversation that we have around what is truly important. I am confident in this, and that's why I'm sharing this message. If you're visiting, please listen to my previous recordings because I'm not always like this. But I'm confident that we have what we need, my brethren, my brothers, my sisters. That you also are full of goodness. I'm confident that we are full of goodness. That we are filled with all knowledge. Okay, but I don't know everything. No, we are revealing what is inside of us. We are growing in our understanding. And that we are able to admonish one another. As a body, we minister to each other. This week, we had some challenging things happen. But it was awesome that it wasn't just me who were going through it or just me who had to deal with it. There was different people connecting, different people like reaching out, different people loving on people. We, we were hosting people and Natasha and I didn't even have someone in our house. Because there was enough people who said, we'll do it. And we can do it, but we were like, oh, we really want to host some people, but I'm sure it's going to be such a blessing to their host that we'd rather share that. And yes, it turned out to be a blessing to us as well, because I could prepare some messages. But... I'm confident. I'm not sending you off as people who are not equipped. I say, hey, we sat on the bench long enough. We've heard enough. Let's go. Let's play. Let's fish. Verse 16 says, That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 in mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Elycrium, I have fully preached 
the gospel of Christ. We are very anti-ambition. But I'm changing that. I have an ambition to fully preach this area. To fully preach the gospel. To fully reach the world. To pray and preach to every creature. I have an ambition to share this news with the world. And am I inviting you to partake of that? We have a church that is reaching out. We are a church that is discipling people. We are a church that is building community. But this community is on mission. There were children on the outreach with us and we love it. They were giving words that those people's eyes went up and like, what? From the mouths of babes, the truth was spoken. This is our life. This is what we do. This is how we live. But we need to preach to those who haven't heard. He says in verse 20, I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. We're not sheep stealing. But it is written, to whom he was not announced, they shall see. And to those who have not heard, shall understand. This is where I wanted to get to, Romans 15, 29. It says, but now I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Where is more blessing than the full blessing? Last week, two weeks ago, sorry, last week we weren't here. Two weeks ago we shared on blessed to be a blessing. This is it. Yahweh, you blessed. You were blessed by the gospel of Christ. And with that came the empowerment of the Spirit, the life that will never end. And that is all that God has to give. There's nothing more. There's nothing more. Not because He's withholding, but because He's given it all. He's given His best. He's given it in love. God is not withholding. To the contrary, He gave it all. He was poured out. Every last Oh, I'm looking forward to Easter. Because if this is the week before Easter, just think where where we're going to go. But let's come back next week, Friday, if you're going to be here, and come with testimonies. There's a few open seats. We can organize more seats. There's a bigger venue next door. We can ask. I'm sure we're going to need a bigger venue soon. Not because we're tracing numbers, but because we're loving people. Every name means something. You know you have a name. You know if God has touched you, how can we not share that? How can we not live that? If we have the fullness of the blessing packaged in a message that Claudia stood here now and shared in not even a minute. That's all it takes. And then we love them. And then we invite them. And then we equip them. And then they reach out. And then they love on people. 
and then they equip people and then they reach out and then they love people and then they equip people and then they reach out. You know, if I have an ambition to fully preach the gospel in this area, I cannot do it by myself. I need you. I need each and every one of you. And God needs you. Now that's a thought. Yes, we need God. God needs you. God wants you. God invites you. Let's stand. Right at the end of the Bible. Revelation 22. Right at the end. That's the Omega. That's the, that's the tough. That's the end. It says in Revelation 22, 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Do you hear that? May that be what you heard through my words this morning. That the Spirit and the Bride is inviting you and say, come. Now him that hears, let them echo that invitation. Let them say, come. And let him that is thirsty, come. And whosoever will. You see, there's the predestination sorted. Whosoever. Let him take the water of life freely. I cannot sell you anything. Not a holy brick or an anointed whatever. I'm not promising you houses. I'm not promising you husbands. I'm not promising you wealth. I promise you the fullness of the blessing of what God has for you. And it is to join Him on this adventure of faith, of mission, of life. This is our purpose. This is our identity. This is our calling. Come to a hurting, broken, dark world. We say, come. To a confused people, we fight and say, come. The passion says, come. Says the Holy Spirit and the bride in a divine duet. Who's speaking? God is speaking. What is he saying? He's saying, come. What is our ministry? It's only one ministry. No one has a finance ministry or a healing ministry. or a, There's one ministry and it's the ministry of reconciliation saying, come. Come back home. Come back to the Father. Let everyone who hears this do it join them. We are co-laboring with Christ and saying, come. Let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, come. And let anyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink it freely. It is my gift to you. Come. The words of God is come. Come home. Come live. Come receive. Come enjoy. Come flow. Come overflow. Come get wet. Come drink. Come eat. Come live. The adventure for which you were created. The purpose for which you were destined. Come, hear the words of God this morning when He says, come join. Come join in on the fun. Come join in on life, not as the world gives, do I give unto you. 
not to the pattern, not conforming to their ideals, not what they want from you, because God doesn't want from you. He wants you to give. He wants, he, he's given everything. He, why would He want something? The car is there. The keys are in your hand. He's saying, who's going to get off the bench? Who's going to join me in this gospel purpose? Who's going to share with this world? And I promise you, it was amazing to get saved. Amen. I cried like a baby. I'm so glad I was alone. <laughs> <laughs> but when you share with someone and you see the lights go off in their eyes and you see them stand up and you see Jesus, not in you, but in them. You believe that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And guess what? You can get only saved once. But you can give every single day to every single person. You can experience the more blessed side of the gospel every day. And now you tell me God isn't good. You tell me He isn't love. He isn't about adventure. He isn't about people. Love needed a place to live. So He created people. His love is never ending. It's never failing. It's never stopping. It's never finished. He is more than enough, big enough. Someone asked me yesterday, this guy looked at me and he says, why are we so different? Why are we so different? I said, because God is so big that He needs each and every one person in the world to fully reflect who He is. Yes, we are made in His image and His likeness, but I believe globally, when we put all people together, it gives us a glimpse of who God is. Why else would we be here? From Albania, from Canada, from Easterafir, from Somerset West, from Stellenbosch, wherever you're from. Why are we here if it was not God? It is Him who unites us. It is His Spirit that draws us. It is His good news that feeds us. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.